In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The story in our Gospel lesson today is a remarkable one. It is remarkable for a number of reasons. It seems to contain both heaven and hell. It is grotesque. And yet it also contains one of the sweetest images of a human being passing from this life into the next. It is also the only parable of Jesus where a character is given a proper name, Lazarus. The point of this parable is about how God reveals himself to us and what we decide to do with this knowledge. This gospel lesson is difficult. The obvious meaning is bleak. But like most of our Lord's teaching, it defies a simplistic interpretation. Indeed, there is a moral to every gospel lesson. But there is also something more. Something more than a reversal of fortune and fate. It is something that concerns the very ground of our Christian hope. Today's gospel also raises a few common questions. Why doesn't God just speak to him, to us for himself? Why do we need a preacher to deliver a sermon? Why is scripture, mere words on a page, authoritative? Or perhaps, why doesn't God just convince us with a miracle? The Lord Jesus answers all of these questions in today's story. We may not like his answers, but he does not leave us in silence or without help. God wants to be known. And the point of today's gospel is about how we receive God's self-revelation. It is about how we know God. And Lazarus is a key to answering these questions. In any case, this rich man lived luxuriously and never gave any aid to the man afflicted by sores outside his gate. We are told that Lazarus longed to be fed even the scraps from the rich man's table. But instead, these dogs, who were presumably fed these scraps instead, would come and lick his wounds. It is horrible. It is a grotesque scene. But there is something in the name Lazarus, which is the Aramaic version of the, the Hebrew name Eleazar, which means God is my help. And in this name, we hear a truth about God, that despite appearances, this poor man is known to him and that his name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Both of these men die. And as angels carry Lazarus into the bosom of Abraham, the rich man finds himself far off, looking at them across a great chasm. His just deserts, we might say. There were many such tales in Jesus' day, and there are many stories like this today. The greedy rich man getting what he deserves 
and the poor man receiving an award. It is a common story because it is true. There is objective justice in the universe. Injustices will be corrected. Evil will be punished. And we are to spend our time on Earth anticipating, anticipating this correction by acting justly, by loving mercy, by caring for all God's, God's children, even those like Lazarus. But the main point so far is that eternity is being prepared today. The heaven and hell of our imagination is not found in this parable. There's more to it. And where most people would stop the story, our Lord continues. For even now, the rich man, who wouldn't even spare a crumb to poor Lazarus, expects to be served by him. Father Abraham, he cries out, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. But it is too late. And so he cries out again, send Lazarus back from the dead to warn my five brothers. But Abraham says, no, they have Moses and the prophets. Let your brothers listen to them. If they have ignored them, they will not be convinced, even if someone should rise from the dead. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? This is my Father's world. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. The heavens declare the glory of God, the psalmist tells us. He has spoken to all of us in many ways. He speaks to us in the beauty of creation. He speaks through and to everything and everything that exists speaks of him. If we look, if we listen, not just the next life, but in this life. And even more, he speaks to you and me. He is palpable at the very core of our being, palpable in everyone outside this church's door. He speaks to me through you, through the words of Moses, the prophets, and the scriptures. But above all, and encompassing all, he speaks to us himself through his son. If the rich man and his brothers knew Moses and the prophets but didn't listen, if the Pharisees who knew Christ didn't listen, what good would it do for us if God performed some miraculous act to convince us God is not pleased to reveal himself in this way. But in fact, Lazarus, whom Jesus loved, did come back from the dead. And the Pharisees saw him, and from that moment on, they decided to kill Jesus and never turned back. They even wanted to kill Lazarus too. This is our human response to God's revelation. Crucify him. 
Holy Scripture doesn't tell us too much about Lazarus, but we know that he lived with his sisters Mary and Martha of Bethany, unusual for a man in first century Palestine. Perhaps he had a skin disease, like the character in our story. Or perhaps, like so many people, he was simply incapable of living on his own. But we know his name. God is my helper. And it is said of him three in three of the Gospels, more than anyone else, that Jesus loved him. And when Lazarus died, Jesus wept. And when he was dead for four days, and his body was considered corrupted, Jesus approached the tomb of Lazarus and said, Come out. We are Lazarus. We see a corrupted world around us. There is darkness that lies across everything we even cherish. And then the Eastern Orthodox Church at the end of Lent, that period of reflection and repentance, the church's mind has latched on to this story of Lazarus today and the example of Lazarus to explain how when the Holy One of Israel approaches our uncleanness, our illness, whatever afflicts us, he does so in such a way as to lift us up into his tender and merciful arms. When we are in the dark and we cannot see, it is the voice of the Holy One of Israel who banishes corruption and says, come out. And we hear his voice, and like Lazarus, we come out of the tomb. During this period of Great Lent, as it is called, this story of Lazarus prepares us not only for the cross, but for resurrection. Lazarus is named in this parable because he points to the ultimate word of love spoken to us. For from the moment he was resuscitated, the world made up its mind to crucify its Lord and hide the proof. God's final word about himself to you and me is the cross of Jesus Christ. That is where every true story arrives. With the centurion who said, truly, this was the Son of God. With the thief who went with him into paradise. With Mary, his mother, and John, the disciple. God is pleased to make himself known to us. And so he sent the prophets, inspired the scriptures to be written to show us things necessary for godliness and salvation, but because we also needed clarification, he became one of us and displayed his mighty power chiefly in showing mercy and compassion. The scales of justice are not some far-off event in the afterlife, as many of us may think. The scale of justice is the crossbeam of the tree on which the Word of God, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, was nailed. His ultimate saving word of love to you and me. This spans the chasm injustice and sin has created. The cross is the great clarification 
of all that God wants to know us to know about him. And it is where mercy and truth have met together, justice and peace have kissed. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost.